we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Jesus came in physical form to show us how his body operates. So he brought his body, an earthly body, to earth to show us how his body would operate. While he was on earth, he was the eyes, hands, feet, and mouth of God. So what God wanted to do was come down and show us how to live. God needed a body, so his son came in physical form and was God's eyes, hands, feet, and mouth. John 5 and 19 says, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. So basically God came down and began doing what he does in the form of his son on earth so that we could see how God would live if he was human. That was why he came. He came to die, but he came to live as well. Amen. Once Jesus returned to glory, he left us with the blueprint of how we should function in the earth as his body. We are physically and collectively what? The body of Christ. We are the body of Christ physically and collectively. 1 Corinthians 12 and 27 says it very plainly. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. So not only are we his body, but we're also members of his body. That means we all have different functions. Does that make sense? Amen. That's why you can't be jealous of nobody in church. Amen. You can't be jealous in church. You can't want what, what, like somebody else is getting. You can't want somebody's position. You can't look, you you, you can't make your way through the ranks of a church. God calls who he will call. Amen. You know, you don't even have to make yourself known at a church. God knows you there. That's the true test of whether God has called you to do it. That was always my test. My, my test. I'm going to walk in there. We're going to join. And I ain't saying nothing to nobody. And if somebody comes to me, if somebody recognizes it or whatever, then that's confirmation. Amen. Quit trying to start your side ministry and passing your cards out. Amen. Trying to get a Bible study together. We don't need your help. Amen. Come on Sundays. We got Bible study right here. Amen. You need some more? Go download the True Church Perspective. It's a whole bunch of them on there. A whole bunch of documents and PDFs and, oh man, it, we, I left them all on there. From, from 2013, you can go get any PDF, any sermon, and it's all there. They don't need you organizing something so you can show yourself and show your wonderful skills and uh, your wonder-working power. Amen. So we don't, we don't need, look at somebody say, we don't need your help. We really don't. We are organization here. We're organized with it. And folks tattletale too. We got folks in here that just, their only job is to tell it on you. That's what their anointing is in. They are called by God to come back and tell us what you're doing. Amen. Yes, yes, sir. So organized in here. We going to find out. Get yourself somewhere and calm down. Folks see people and they go crazy. 
They just go crazy. They see people, they see opportunity. Christ dwells in us to rule our being. And he should rule over the institutional church as well. He is the head of our individual bodies and the church, which is the body of all believers gathered together. Okay? So we talked about the two different kinds of churches last week. God is the head of both. He's the head of your body because if Christ lives in you, you're not yourself. You don't belong to you. Right? So he's the head of your physical body and then he's the head of the gathering of the believers together. So when we gather together institutionally in a building or wherever, he's the head of that as well. Colossians 1 and 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He is the head of the body and he's the head of the church. That's why we call ourselves the body of Christ. So we got that understanding because see what's happened is so many churches have gone astray or whatever. And, you know, the bottom line is people put too much confidence in men. Your faith being at ABC is because the word is being taught. Long as the word is being taught, I'm there. When the word stop being taught, I'm out. I'm gone when the word stop being taught. That was the problem. People had their confidence in men. And then, of course, men rose to fame, which, you know, was already trouble when men rose to worldly fame. God's men aren't supposed to have worldly fame. Right. Amen. You ain't supposed to be famous like Michael Jackson. <laughs> you a preacher. I mean, you're not supposed to have worldly fame where women screaming and fainting. Amen. You ain't the Jackson 5. You're a pastor. <laughs> People are supposed to respond differently to you. They're supposed to enjoy the word, but they ain't supposed to be like, you know, passing out and breaking out in a cold sweat like you, James Brown. I ain't supposed to feel like that about your pastor. You better not be feeling like that about me. Man, I come dap you up. You better give me some dap. I'm, I'm just like you. We human. I ain't better walk up to you and, how you doing, son? <laughs> then when they get close to men and find out men are men, and just, you know, they, 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 they can't handle it. So they, they, they think our church is crazy. And so they ex-church out. And they've left the institutional church. And now the institutional church is not where God wants us. Even though he left the institutional church in Acts 2 and 4. That was the first thing that happened. When, once Jesus left the scene, he sent his Holy Ghost back. Holy Ghost fell on them. They formed the church. Can I preach in here? They formed the church so that God's people can gather. Yeah, but where were they? Where, it don't matter. They were a church. 5,000 people. And the Bible said God added to it. Amen. So all this old institutional church and we don't believe in an institutional. We just, you know, we believe in the, it's in our heart. And I don't have to go to no building and I don't have to. That's foolishness. Don't get caught up in that. That's foolishness. It don't make any sense because at the end of the day, you going somewhere. Or you going to stay at home. If you in somebody's house, it's institutional. Well, it's not really a church. It's more of a Bible study where we just kind of gather to... Dude, that's a church. That's uh, just ridiculous. Well, see, I mean, but we don't really have a pastor. Well, you need one. I promise you a pastor is going to develop and then it's going to split. 
Ain't that how it happened? Always. Somebody going to say, oh, there's no leadership here. So they're going to they're going to get up and pray a little longer than the others. Read a little more than the others. And then they're going to be assume that they are the head of this Bible study. Then there's going to be somebody else that was wanting to do that, but waited too long. Then they're going to rise up and then it's going to split and you got two churches. Anything without a head is an abomination. Anything with two heads is an abomination. And plus we want our families to grow up around like-minded believers and our kids to have somebody to play with other than strangers in the world that we don't know. All right, let's talk about this. Hands, feet, not. The eye is the light of the body. Y'all know that, right? We are supposed to be the light of the world. But if our eyes take in darkness, the light will what? The light will not shine. So our eyes aren't supposed to take in darkness. That means we aren't supposed to be watching things that are hindering us and our progress spiritually. Amen. 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 So everything don't need to be taken in. Now, of course, we're in the world, so we have to use our own judgment. We have to know our own limits. We have to know what we can watch. Some people can't have a TV in their house. Some people can't have cable. Some people can't have internet. Amen. No, no child needs unfiltered internet. No child. They're coming after your children. And that's how they're going to get them. Through the internet. We must have the eyes of Christ so that the body will follow the light and not darkness. So we have to keep God's light in our eyes and not set our eyes on darkness. When you look at darkness, you feel dark. Amen. You do. You feel dark. So we got to keep the light. The eye is the light of the body. Luke 11 and 34. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when the eye is single, the whole body also is full of light. But when the eye is evil, that body also is full of what? Darkness. Because your eye lights your body. It either light, lighten your body or darken your body. Amen. That's why you got to guard yourself with what you're watching. The hands of the body of Christ are for helping one another. Whether it's doing alms, comforting, or praying together. The hands of Christ's body are his outreach in the earth. So our hands are for helping one another. This is on the body of Christ. Some people are hands. And that's their call to help people. They have a disposition, genetic disposition to help. They just want to help. They're just helpers. They're loving. They're kind. That's their role. They are God's hands in the earth. And whether it's doing alms, meaning helping people uh, with money or helping them, even if you're just helping them move, whatever you're helping them with, um, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's the hands of, uh, of Christ. And then they're also used for comforting one another. We use our hands when we hug each other. Amen. We hug each other in this church. We're hugging church. Amen. Amen. We hug each other right, don't we? And we ain't gripping up on nobody. Amen. Well, we, we, we hug each other. We love each other. Uh, we express it with our hands and we use them for comforting. And then we use our hands to pray together. Amen. We catch hands when we're praying or we lay hands on people when we pray. Amen. 
And the Bible says, forget not to the gift that was given to you by the land of hands of the presbytery. Men need to lay hands on their children. And in this church, when we do the youth thing, that's what we're going to do. We're going to lay hands on all the elders. We're going to lay hands on all the kids. And we're going to pray for all the kids in this church. And you need to start doing that. You need to start embracing your child and holding them and, 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 and putting your hands on them so that you can pass on the, the, the intangibles, the things you can't see, things you don't even know. You can pass those on to your child to strengthen them. And that love strengthens them from just, just touch. So Luke 24 and 50, and he led them out as far as Bethany. This is Jesus. And then he lifted up his hands and did what? Too many to lay hands on. He lifted his hands up and blessed them. We do the same thing. We lift our hands up as, as, as surrender unto the Lord or a preacher. When y'all in the audience, I may raise my hand up when I'm praying for you. And there is virtue spiritually, spiritual virtue that comes from the minister to you. That way, it's passed on. The laying on of hands is a real thing. It's a real thing. It's so real, I'm very careful with it. So one dude that, Lord, I, I love Africans, I do. Y'all know, we have some in here. Y'all, y'all love y'all. But man, leave it up to that continent to have the greatest foolery you'll ever see. They do stuff in church that just... <laughs> It make you scratch your head. I saw one of them. He called Jesus on the phone. He called Jesus. Father, it's your favorite son. And I have your daughter here. There's a lady in front of him. And he was telling her, God was telling him what was wrong with her. And he was telling her, and the whole crowd was just going berserk. Don't get offended. I love, my, I love all our African members from all the regions. I'm glad you made it. <laughs> I, he, how do you call Jesus? And he didn't let nobody else talk. I'd have demanded to have the phone. I mean, you give me that phone. <laughs> we are the feet of God. Oh, I was talking about praying with each other and we are the hands of the body of Christ. So God has called many of us to do outreach and to be his outreach in the earth. We are the feet of God in the earth. That means that we carry the gospel and spread it throughout the world through our lifestyle and child rearing. Those are the two ways we most effectively spread the gospel. I mean, you can spread it with your mouth, but you more effectively spread it by the way you live. And you pass it on to your children. Amen? Those are effective mess, uh, methods of being the feet of God, we are to lead the way as others follow us, whether we are pastors, parents, or children. Someone is watching and will follow our lead. Romans 10 and 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good 
things. This is insinuating that someone will bring the glad tithings, bring the good thing to you with their feet. So they are the feet of God. How beautiful are the feet. The gospel is a beautiful thing to carry the gospel to those that are in need. Amen. Beautiful thing. And I guarantee you, you don't have to look for opportunities to share the gospel. God will give you opportunities to share them when you're ready. God's voice. Christ used his mouth to speak what God wanted to reveal in the earth. He was the voice of God on earth. And now we are the voice of God in the earth. Did you know that? We are the voice of God in the earth. Oh, I couldn't get amens on that. Somebody got scared. You didn't know that your your responsibility was that great, did you? Yeah, you're an ambassador. You carry in the word. You don't have to be a preacher to do that. He was the voice of God on earth, and we're the voice of God in the earth. We should speak what he has spoken where? In his, oh, ABC, ABC is a place where we repeat what the word says. That's what we, oh, that's all we say in here. Your vision, your forethought, your foresight, your sight forth. All of your, 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 your magic and your, all your just, your, repeat what the word says. Amen. There's safety there. Second yes. <laughs> Timothy 2 and 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to what? Teach others also. So there should be at least a fundamental understanding that you have where you can lead somebody to Christ. Amen. And you don't need magic to do it. You don't need, you don't need to be knocking them out and, and where's my blessed all on the job? What On the job? I'll use this toner. What? I mean, you don't need any of that, man. Will you just be a witness? Folks take this stuff too far. Be, be a witness for the Lord so you can teach others. You can teach them fundamental things. Be examples as faithful men to be able to carry what it is that the word is speaking. Our mouths should be controlled by Christ who lives within us. When we remember this instruction, it will help us to speak blessings and what? Not curses. So if we know our mouths should be controlled by Christ, then we should stop cursing folks. Our mouth should be controlled by Christ who lives within us. When we remember this instruction, it will help us to speak blessings and not cursings to our fellow man. James 3 and 10. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brother, these things ought not to what? You shouldn't be doing that. Out of the same mouth? You're loving and hating? Your fellow man? You, you, you can't do that. Amen. This is what the Holy Ghost is for. And you learn this as you mature, but the Holy Ghost will stop you and tell you in your ear, don't say that. Yes, it will. The Holy Ghost will speak to you and be like, bad idea. Don't, don't say it. Yeah. And the more mature you are and the more you begin to trust God, the more you'll hear that voice. And you'll start obeying that voice. You st- first you hear it, but then you have to obey it. Amen. Don't do that to her. That's going to hurt her feelings. 
That's rude. Don't do that. I'm going to do it anyway. You're just a witch. I'm teaching somebody today. Some believers are chosen to preach and teach the unified body of Christ, while others are called to teach their families. Right. Teach their families. No matter what our calling is, we must represent Christ's body by consistently lining up our words with whose words? That we got to make sure what we're saying is what God is saying. The more you do that, the better off you are. Because you can trust what you can read. Sometimes you can't trust what came to you in a vision and a dream. But you know you can trust what you read. Amen. Sometimes if something came in a dream and you woke up in a cold sweat, you got to look at the pizza box that's sitting on the bed. That, that was mozzarella. She slept with you that night. You know there is a girl somewhere named mozzarella. I promise. I promise you. Just Google it now. There's a female on Facebook. Her name is mozzarella. Yeah, but sometimes you got to look at that, man. What did you eat? You got you to be able to check all that stuff. Hebrews 10 and 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without what? Wavering. Without what? Wavering. Without wavering. For he is faithful, that promise. Let us hold fast to the what? You know what the profession of your faith is? That's your declaration That's right. of what you believe. You profess it. When you're good on a job, you're a professional. When you're a great teacher at a university, you're a professor. So when you know what you're talking about in here, it's a profession. And you got to hold fast to it so you can share it and be God's voice in this wicked time. Amen? Summary! We take for granted the term body of Christ, but we should really consider what that term truly means. Being Christ's body means that we took his place in the earth when he went back to glory. You hear that? We got a quick just, see the body of Christ. Body of Christ. That means you are Christ's body. You took his place when he went back to glory. His spirit resides in us and takes over our being so that we can be his being. We are his church body and should function the same way he did when he walked the earth. We should avoid darkness, be the light of the world, just as he was. We should show compassion for others and help those in need, just as he did. We should speak truth in love and proclaim the gospel, just like he did. Being the body of Christ means that we are Christians and are what? Christ-like. Oh, I hate when preachers just go so deep to where they don't want to be called Christians no more. Y'all heard him, right? Miles Monroe, that was like the last thing he did before he died. Started trying to erase the word Christian. We're not Christians. We need to stop saying that because Christians have done this and that and have gone astray and they say, we're not. Man, Christian just means Christ-like. I am a Christian. Because I'm trying to be like Christ. Yes. Amen. 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 Folk, boy, they just, you, you too deep for your own good. 
Obeying these principles ensures that we are properly representing Christ in the earth and are readily prepared for his return. 1 Corinthians 12 and 12. This is just going to really explain it all. For as the body is one and have many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, we have been all made to drink into what? One spirit. For the body is not one member, but it's many. So if the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now have God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but what? One body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of, ye, of thee. Uh-oh. And that's, that's, that's what you do in here. When you disgruntle toward your fellow brother and sister, when you treat your sister sideways or you treat your brother in here wrong or you do that, you're basically saying, you know, we don't need you. You and I, but we don't need a hand. You're a hand, but we don't need the feet. I don't like you, so I don't need you. No. The eye can't say that. The eye can't say unto the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are what? Necessary. They're necessary. They may seem feeble to you, but to God, they're necessary. They're serving a purpose. So you can't reject them because they seem feeble. They are according to the Bible, necessary. And those members of the body which we think be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncommonly parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given much more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schisms, where? In the body. In the body. We don't group up in here. Selective grouping. Schisms. There should be no schisms in the body. But that the members should have the same care, what? One for another. And whether one member suffer, what happens? All the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, what happens? All the members rejoice with it. This is God's church. This is what his church looks like or should look like. No schisms. We still have to watch our behavior so that we don't group up and hurt people's feelings. And group up and exclude people or group up and talk bad about people or group up and say things about people and have this conversation going over here and this one over here. Because I promise you there's a conversation that could be going about all of us. Amen. Don't we all deserve a conversation? You done done something where somebody could have something to say. So that means you don't have anything to say. Sweep around your own front door. 
before you amen. Just get somewhere and hush. And most of you in here too young for that anyway. You ain't done all the dumb stuff you gonna end up doing. So you need to get somewhere. Get somewhere and shut up. Amen. But we're not going to have that in here. We want to be a unified, loving body where we all look at each other as brothers and sisters. Amen. You know what the beauty of that is? When we get to that level of maturity where we see everyone as a brother and a sister, we can spot demons. Oh, yeah. When the devil walk in here, you can spot them. See, when you got dissension going on and this group don't like that group and this group don't talk to this one and this one, the devil's already in here. Can't spot him. He's obscured. But when we all loving and we all on the same page, like the Bible said, on one accord, having all things in common, devil walk in here, we all see him. It's like a spotlight shine on him and we can get him. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com.